Elliot, did you hear one of the classic characters from the original Star Trek series is coming back to Star Trek Discovery. Rain Wilson is going to play Harry Mudd. Well, okay. I guess, you know, if you want to get some buy-in from Star Trek fans, but how is it that if Starfleet is meeting Mud like years before Kirk, and when they finally when he finally meets Captain Kirk, Kirk doesn't even know who he is. Well, Elliot, it doesn't seem like Kirk is the kind of guy who actually reads memos. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say... Get off my plane. Geek Counter Geek with Chief Conrad and Elliot Serrano. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. I'd just like to say, get a life. Geek Counter Geek number 87. Keith Conrad over here. Elliot Serrano over there. At Keith R. Conrad on Twitter. At Elliot Serrano. At Geek Counter Geek. Yeah. I say, but don't forget, two L's, two T's, two R's. And when it's Geek Counter Geek, it's just one K. Right. Yeah, that's very important. I know people misspell Geek Counter Geek all the time. It's, it's, it's sad, really. Right. Uh, also, Geek Counter Geek uh, Facebook. Facebook. Dot com slash geek counter geek uh you know my friend uh, tony pointed out that uh that uh, they bought their tickets they knew what they were getting into uh that 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 really that, that's united's new mantra isn't it well uh, you're supposed to know what you're getting into if you read the uh, little uh the ticket agreement you know that 30 page thing where at any point in time they're gonna say get your ass off the plane you know and, and then every, on top of that, they're going to rough you up a bit. And then as they pull you off, you know, you're going to see, everyone's going to see that you really don't do a whole lot of crunches, right? Yeah, you missed and ab then, day. Yeah, you missed ab day. And then on top of that, you're going to have everybody on social media. Well, well, not everybody. I mean, there are plenty of folks who are outraged. But you're also going to have your folks on social media who are going to say, you had it coming. And if you ask me, if you fly United, you had it coming. I say, let them drag you off the plane. And they just leave you there. I mean, oh, for me, I mean, this is going to be, well, by the time people hear this, it's not really going to be, you know, that big of a story. But if a United offers me, you know, $1,000 or more and, you know, a hotel stay and all that, I'm like, you know, I'll take that over the humiliation. Well, that's uh, that's one little detail that that came out. Uh, I think it was uh, Tuesday or Wednesday that uh, th- this guy and his wife had actually like taken the the money. They they had you know they'd asked for volunteers and they say hey you know we'll give you uh, you know eight, say eight hundred dollar you know voucher and uh, you know tickets on the next flight to your destination. They'd actually taken it until they found out that the next flight wasn't going to be until the next morning. And then they just decided to get on the plane anyway. And that's when uh, all the trouble started. So, you know, once you've actually taken the deal, I, I, you know, I I don't feel all that sorry for you. Well, you know, like Darth Vader, I always want to remake those deals. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. 
So big news this week, uh, Elliot. Uh, you know, we, we've speculated here about who could uh, end up playing Dumbledore in the sequel to Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Uh, Which is a prequel to the Harry Potter movies. So, yeah, not confusing at all. No, absolutely not. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd, one, of the, one of the options that I really liked was uh, Jared Harris, because he's the son of Richard Harris, the original Dumbledore. And when you think about it, if you, if you throw a long wig on him, he kind of looks like a cross between Richard Harris and Michael Gambon, the, uh, you know, the second Dumbledore. I mean, he, he could actually, you know, pass for like a middle ground there. But uh, apparently uh, they weren't... Uh, they weren't listening to this podcast, unlike a lot of other movers and shakers in pop culture, because they decided to go with uh, Jude Law as uh, Dumbledore, which, you know, if, if it's not going to be uh, Jared Harris, uh, you know, that's that's not a bad option at all. Well, you know, poor Jude Law keeps playing second banana to everybody. I mean, he was Watson to um, um, Robert Downey Jr.'s Sherlock. Oh, that's and right. He was like the, He's the evil king. I forget, I forget the name of the character he's playing in the Guy Ritchie King Arthur movie. You know. So. Yeah, but he, he's like King Richard's uh, big rival, right? Yeah. So King, I was like, you know, they're like, okay, let's give him like a main character. You know, someone that we can really, you know, use him for. Because remember when Jude Law was like the thing? You know, he was kind of like the English Ryan Gosling. You know, yeah, that is absolutely the perfect description of him. Right, you know, and then it was like everything was Jude Law this, Jude Law that, and then something somewhere along the way, boom, he fell into the supporting roles. So hey, good for you, Jude. Hey, Jude, don't worry, you'll get to be master of Hogwarts at some point. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I I saw a great meme that had uh, you know uh, Sauron said you know ruled Middle Earth twice. Um, uh, Palpatine, you know, ruled the galaxy for 30 years, and then it had uh, Voldemort, and it said, try to take over a high school and failed. <laughs> and he would have done it, too, if it weren't for the meddling kids. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, I, I, we know for sure that Dumbledore is going to figure into the second movie, and I think there's four, if I remember correctly. Five. It's supposed to be one for like every era leading up to 1950s, I believe. Well, I think I think the 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 first wi- or the, the 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 Wizarding War is supposed to coincide with World War II. World so, War II, like right. like the like the the last uh, the last big duel is supposed to be in 1945. So right. so yeah, you know, pretty close to the 50s. Um, and now they're they're in the twenties, I think, right? Right. Shows you how much pay, uh, how much attention I was actually paying during Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. It, well, it, it looks like hard. it looks like the Depression. Well, you you look at any any of the Harry Potter movies, it's very hard to tell what era they take place in. I mean, like what years? You know, it's like what? Well, what? That's true. They really don't like new stuff in the Wizarding World. Like no, they 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 st- stopped updating their decor at probably about 1750. <laughs> you know, I want I'm wondering if like they're still ordering out of like the Wizarding World version of the Sears catalog. 
you know, <laughs> and it, the, the pages, the pages never change. You know, it's always the same thing over and but, over again. But the pictures do move on the catalogs. Right, they do move. You know, and then you have your, you have your competition. You have the the service merchandise of 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 the wizarding world. You know, and the, but that's the one where everything you know is just like in a big warehouse. You got to go pick it up in. Stuff like that. They get, they yeah, get rid of the department store. Yeah, there's this big conveyor belt that eventually your stuff comes out on like an hour later. Yeah, because you know the the goblins are just in the back there, just throwing stuff together and throwing it on the belt for you to pick it up later. And so, yeah, it, it's it, it it is difficult. And again, with the whole bit of the um, with Fantastic Beasts, I don't even know unless you're a really obsessive Potterhead. I don't think people who go to see these movies in general are going, hold on a second. What time period is this? Oh, it took place before a long time ago. Okay, fine. You know, I don't uh, I certainly don't obsess nearly as much over it as I would say, what time period is the next Indiana Jones movie taking place? Because if and they follow if they follow the 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 the, uh, the custom as it is, um, the next indie movie will take place in the 1960s. It will. Will it be? It would probably be early '60s, depending on when it comes out, right? So, I mean, I yeah, we're Kennedy's got to figure talking. in there somewhere, right? Kennedy, you know. So, oh boy, that that should be interesting. And then uh, uh, we got we got to figure out some way to get to Indiana Jones to say, "Get off my plane." <laughs> you know, I, I never noticed this before, but Harrison Ford really likes throwing people out of. Uh, out of flying vehicles you know he he, he he punches the nazi and throws him out the window he uh he he breaks the uh the soviet guy's neck and throws him out of air force one i mean don't don't go i mean in real life don't go flying with harrison ford we know that but but even <laughs> fictionally you know i mean after a while you're like whoa there's a pattern developing here <laughs> Yes, so you know, I, I, um, I. It sounds like this uh, this sequel to Magical Beasts and Where to Find Them uh, is. Well, I, I would imagine since Dumbledore's in it, uh, might be back in England. So I, I'm a little bit disappointed in that because I liked seeing uh, Depression Era America with magic. Which, which, by the way, and, and this is this is maybe a debate that we should have on its own. But, but something occurred to me the other day. So you got this, this Harry Potter universe where there are these wizards that can just, can just conjure anything they want out of thin air, right? So shouldn't they be using their magical powers to, like, conjure enough gold so that there's no poverty in the world? Uh, that has been. That actually was addressed in uh, one of the Harry Potter books. Yes. I, I would imagine it's, it's like a prime directive sort of a cop-out. Like, oh, yeah, we're not allowed to, to mess with the real world. One mess with the real world, and even within the wizarding world, even within the wizarding world, there are limits to that. There's, um, there's a scene in uh, Goblet of Fire where gold coins start showering, and um, Ron thinks that with all this new money, he's going to be rich. It ends up being like, uh, I forgot the friend was with... Um, Elf, elven, or gob, goblin coin. Man, I'm, I'm Potterheads are going to come after me now because it's been a while since I read the book. <laughs> it was that you jerk. How could you say you're a Potterhead when you don't know 
what that coin, what type of coins they were that they basically disappeared. They were like imaginary coins or something. Yeah. But yes, wizards cannot just make themselves rich. Well, yeah, but if they're really magical, then they could figure out a way around that. That's all I'm saying. Well, yeah, but then okay, well let's let's look at this from a purely eco, an economist standpoint. Let's say we're still going by the gold standard, and all these wizards start producing tons and tons of gold. What's that going to do to the economy? Yeah, suddenly gold won't be worth anything. There you go. That's uh, that's one of those things about uh, you know asteroid mining is one day we're going to find an asteroid that has like a gold uh, a, a minty gold center and um because of that the gold's going to become worthless it'd be worth it'll be like zinc <laughs> pretty much yeah and, and and since all you know the world economy is based on the value of a shiny rock that would cause some big problems well mind you gold is has a perfect uh, you know uh, molecular structure and it's created at the heart of a star so there's a bit of a you know cool factor to it there is definitely a cool factor but uh, you know what i just i i feel like that that's a good way to keep things in perspective no matter how advanced we think we are uh our concept of value you know uh, uh, exchanging goods and services with each other is based on the value of a shiny rock or bitcoin or even Pokemon cards. I think uh, Pokemon cards are worth more than uh, than uh, than bitcoins. But uh, one thing that's uh, that is worth its weight in in gold is uh, hearing the music and podcasts of your choice in crystal clear audio. And for that, you want to go to tweakedaudio.com uh, and uh, and and take a look at what they have there. And I'm going they to. Have, uh... Yeah, they've got headphones and accessories with key features like eight colors and styles. You've got mic'd and non-mic'd versions, so you can use them for listening or gaming. Uh, they're designed to sound great for music and talk. They have noise-reducing design, a lifetime warranty, and if you use the discount code GCG at checkout, you'll get a 33% off discount and free worldwide shipping the code is not case sensitive we'll just enter gcg at checkout for 33 percent off and did i say free worldwide shipping although i do not know if they um ship to hogwarts it's hard to get um you know uh uh, uh things on to that you know the hogwarts express because the shipping guy can never seem to find uh, platform nine and three quarters. Yeah, I don't know if they go for interdimensional travel, and uh, which which does bring up a, a good point about Star Trek Discovery that uh, I want to get to in a second. But uh, you know, it's worth pointing out that uh, when you get your brand new tweaked audio headphones, uh, you can not only listen to this great podcast, Geek Counter Geek, but there's also uh, the 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 plethora of podcasts in the Radio Misfits podcast network, like uh, Minutia Men, uh, On a Quest, Wrapped in Plastic. That's the uh, the uh, the Twin Peaks podcast, which uh, you know, especially in the next few weeks, is going to be especially worth listening to. And of course, there there's one that you like to listen to, isn't there? Why, yes, it's. The wonderful gals over at the Dishing Bitches, who are constantly dishing. 
And, um, you know, I'm, I just I just hope they don't get around to dishing about me because there are some embarrassing stories there. Uh-oh. So I'm not saying I'm not saying listen to their podcast in the hopes of you hearing about the time that Stephanie Deshar and I went out to um, for drinks and stuff. I'm not saying you don't want to hear that. If anything, like when you search on their show, make sure there's no mention of me in the podcast description before you decide to listen to it. That's okay. I, I think I've uh, stumbled upon your strategy here. You're thinking by uh, by constantly promoting their podcast, you're sucking up to them just enough that they will avoid any embarrassing material. That's very clever, my friend. There you go. See, mama didn't raise no fool. So speaking of, uh, of uh, interdimensional uh, cross rifts and such, uh, I've heard some disturbing things about, uh, about Star Trek Discovery. Uh, what? <laughs> Nothing but this, it's a, Star Trek Discovery is discovering a lot of stuff that we don't want to know. <laughs> well, everything that I had heard up until this week, and my, my brother shared with me another podcast. There are other podcasts out there, you know. Uh, where where they were talking about they they pretty much summed up everything that's wrong with the uh, with Star Trek Discovery, and everything that I had heard had been the the internal machinations you know within CBS and and Netflix and everybody producing this that you know for one reason or another was delaying it, you know the the Brian Fuller thing and you know you know obviously every everybody knew about that, but it turns out there's some. Apparently, if, if this is to be believed, there, there's going to be some really, really big plot problems with this show. Uh, you know, because when I was watching uh, Star Trek Enterprise, and I, and I liked Enterprise fine enough, but, uh, you know, one of the, the things that I thought was really kind of dumb was the whole temporal Cold War thing where they were trying to say, okay, this is before the original series but we're going to change what happened just a little bit and and that to me just made it sort of a convoluted mess and uh um it seems like they're going in the same direction because now i'm hearing something about you know sarek is going to be in it but it's there's going to be some sort of like interdimensional thing going on there's going to be more than one Sarek which is supposed to show why he played a Vulcan a Romulan and a Klingon character in in the original series and the motion picture rather than just saying hey we cast the same guy uh, they've decided to come up with some weird explanation for it they're going with the prime timeline instead of the J.J. Abrams which is okay except you know now you're kind of rebooting everything again and it, it just it just seems like a mess. Well, this is it's emblematic of the issue that the Star Trek license has had for really for forever. The television, the television folks and the movie folks are, are really two separate entities. It's really it's kind of confusing that they are kind of weird that they let that happen. That, you know, there's one license for TV and one license for film. And that's why the TV folks decided we're going to do our thing. We're not going to... Why are we giving money to promote a, tele, a movie product? And the movie folks are saying, why are we going to bother giving money to promote a television product? And so um, it's just, yeah, it's that ridiculousness that goes on that kind of 
confuses things. See, the thing that's just even more ridiculous is that they're we're, while they're creating this show, are they thinking about a show that's going to be open for all new viewers? Like, are you hoping that you can get folks who have never seen uh, a, 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 a Star Trek episode before? You know, do you want to draw in an, a whole new audience to your platform or whatever? Or are you just thinking, well, I mean, we already know that this is not going to be the flagship show of the new uh, CBS um, online uh, uh, channel because, well, they've already got all this other stuff on it. So what really is the purpose of this show other than trying to generate content, which as each passing day goes by, seems less and less intriguing. And especially if you're going to be charging for said content, it's one thing if it's free and all you have to do is sit through a commercial for tweaked audio or two. Uh, But, uh, you know, it's another thing to actually expect people to pay for it. And, um, yeah, it's uh, very quickly losing steam. But I will say that that... um, you know the the good news, at least I think, is that uh, the the good bit of casting news was that Rain Wilson was cast as uh, Harry Mudd, and um, you know if, yeah, if they're you're, already going, the, the thing that kills me is that they're already going to that well. You know, well, so and, and like, the thing is, when when I had seen that Sarek was going to be a character in it, I you know I I could see like okay, you make a cameo. And it's a really understated thing. Like you say, oh, you know, here's Sarek, the the Vulcan ambassador. And, you know, he's in like, you know, two minutes of like the pilot episode to sort of send the new series on its way or something like that. I could could see that. But uh, for him to be a recurring character, which by my understanding he is. And then you take, you know, because Sarek, okay, so so it's 10 years before the original series. I could see that. You know, we don't know how long the term of a Vulcan ambassador is. It, Vulcans live a long time. They, the, the, the term may just be a really long time, so it overlaps with the 10 years. That's, that's no big deal. You can easily write that in. Um, but, but Harry Mudd showing up, as good as Rain Wilson might be, uh, and, and I suspect he will be, um, I I just don't see it because you know, like we said, in the open. You know, if 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 Kirk if Starfleet already knows who he is, that sort of makes Kirk's encounter with him all the more weird. And again, you know, it seems to me like they're doing um, a bit of stunt casting here, just to pretty much keep the interest in the show going. Because, you know, right now, there really is very little positive word of mouth going on about the production. Yeah. And, and in the end, let, let's be honest, in the end, it doesn't really matter whether the word of mouth is positive or not. If, you know, for the production, as long as you have a pretty decent product. But you know that the folks over at, you know, CBS are fretting over this whole, oh, boy, we wanted to get this thing going. And it's no, you know, it's um it's turning into this big cluster fudge and you know um, Star Trek is turning into yet another one of those hassle things that we deal with and we're even wondering why do we why are we bothering you know it you know it, it, it's something that I guess in in the modern uh, social media internet age um, it just complicates matters more when you're trying to build buzz or something like that and that's let's face it 
you know, when they were doing the movies and everything else, even during Voyager and Next Generation and all those, they didn't have to deal with, you know, online message boards and, you know, Twitter rumors and, and, and everybody having a YouTube channel that kind of pretty much, you know, took, the, the, took your production apart before it even saw the light of day. Yeah, I didn't even know that uh, Janeway had been recast until Janeway was recast. Right. Like I, like I didn't know there was an original Janeway until there was a new one. Yeah. No, unless you were reading all the um, the um, Star Trek, you know, newsletters and magazines and stuff like oh, that. Oh, back then you time. back then you had to sus- subscribe to the Star Trek trade journals. Yeah, yeah, and all those things, and and it was all uh, produced, you know. Um, produced, I guess, like, really for lack of a better term, it was all just propaganda, you know, the studio's own propaganda talking about it. I will say this, they were, when it came to the whole thing with um, Voyager and the issues with uh, Janeway and how um, they had one uh, actress cast before they went with Kate Mulgrew, and they pretty much admitted that um, the actress who was originally cast to be Janeway really much, you know, crap crapped the captain's chair you know she just couldn't do it yeah and uh, they later released a video showing that that was definitely the case (laughs) three those french actors so understated see that's why they uh that's why they cast uh uh, patrick stewart a british guy as the french jean-luc picard because see (laughs) see gene roddenberry he knew that but uh so you know when they started voyager they they Gene Roddenberry wasn't with us anymore, so he couldn't tell them, "Hey, don't cast the French guy or the French French woman. Just don't do that." They're just gonna, they're just gonna surrender and then try to, you know, collaborate with you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate when that happens. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that uh, you know, Sonequa Martin Green. I mean, obviously, she made a name for herself in The Walking Dead, so you might get some uh, some some viewers from that. Uh, Jason Isaacs, you know everybody loves to hate him. Um, oh wait a minute! Uh, before before you go, but the the with the uh, Martin Green, uh, who, whose character finally was killed on The Walking Dead, and somehow people were surprised by it. <laughs> well, that that was that was the funny thing about watching like the last three episodes, and you know, spoiler alert, Elliot. Thanks a lot for spoiling it for the listeners who haven't seen it yet. Um, because of the fact that if you had been paying attention to the news, and I know a lot of people don't, so a lot of people probably didn't know that she was going to be on Star Trek Discovery, but if you're paying any attention at all, you know she's going to be leaving the show, so you know she's going to die, and so you're waiting for it, and they faked me out at least four times in the last three episodes, thinking that she was going to be dead. And yeah, no, it was kind of clever the way they did it. So, but but I'm there going, come on, guys, we know she's gonna die. And on top of that, it was like the it was the the season you know the season finale, and you know it's gonna happen eventually. You know, you know, we already know that she's not coming back. I mean, she, voyage, but, geez, know, she's uh, an African American character on The Walking Dead. She had already she was already on right. borrowed time. Right. Yes. Absolutely. You 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 have as. You know, they, there was that quota there. There's that that limit. You know, it's like in in like with the Sith, there could only be two. Right. Same thing when it comes to being black on The Walking Dead. You know, if there's three people, one of you better start saving your money now for those checks because they're not going to last very long. Yeah, yeah. You know, gonna... uh, to, I 
hey, you know, we, we've discussed this a number of times. You flat out said that I'm part of the problem because we all know I'm going to watch it anyway. I, I can complain about it, but you know I'm going to watch it anyway. Um, well, I, I'll watch it, too. I mean, I'm... I'm are we, wait, are we talking about Discovery or are we talking about Walking Dead? Uh, Discovery again. We're back on Discovery. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. Discovery, Discovery I'll give it a chance. Walking Dead, I, I've given up on. I'm just not. I, yeah. I don't watch that. So, so have but I. Discovery, After, uh, you know, and, and I, I, I know I smugly say that, oh, I'm over the Walking Dead. After this season finale, I, I'm done. I, I just don't have any interest <laughs> in it anymore. Because, you know, they tease this whole thing. And, and I, I don't know. if did, did you catch all the way up to the end? No, I, I have not seen. I, as I said, I have not been watching it. The only reason yeah. I know that she's that she's dead and that how she died is I read the recaps on EW. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, so the, you, know, so they, you know they they, they spend on. like they spend like the entire season teasing this war with Negan, and the whole thing is leading up to this war with Negan, and then at you know at the at, at the season finale you're expecting that that's going to be the war with Negan. But instead, it's just like a, a little little gunfight, and then we learn that next season is going to be the war with Negan. So, well, I, 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 I quit quit teasing me. I'm done. Well, I was gonna say, if you've read the comic books, there's really no big war with Negan. You know, I think it still hasn't happened in the comic. Mind you, I have not read the comics in a while too. So, spoiler, folks. You know, uh, if, FYI. You know, as far as I know, Negan's still alive in the comics. So, yeah, and, and and I'll keep seeing these interviews where you know Kirkman and all the all the other people involved in the show they're saying, oh, you know, we could we could keep going forever. And uh, you know, I've said this uh, quite a bit that uh, when you when you embark on an adventure as a, a TV series or even a even when you know it's a, a multi film arc, you know, anything that's going to be multi part. Know the story you're trying to tell when you start it. Don't make it up as you go along, because eventually you're just dragging it out. Well, that's what's happening with the comics. I mean, again, the, the, the TV series has is almost caught up to the comics right now, considering the clip that they're going at with um, each season. You know, they take out big hunks of the narrative. Big. I mean, it only took them, I don't know, three, four seasons to get caught up to get up to issue 100 of the walking dead. Now we're talking about a book that took, you know, almost 10 years to get to this point. So they just chewed it up, chewed it up, chewed it up. And now they're going to, they're going to be like with um, game of Thrones, where it's going to come to a point where depending on the pace that they're going, television show is going to get ahead of the comic books. You know, just like game of Thrones is now caught up with the books and anything moving forward, you know, we don't even have, it's all brand new territory. You know, the new book isn't even out yet. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that'll be interesting. Mind you, it's not like The Walking Dead has been a faithful adaptation of everything that happens in the comics. They've, you know, they have fudged with it a bit. They've, they've shuffled the deck. Um, there are certain characters in the comics you know that don't exist that didn't exist in the in the TV series the TV series that don't exist in the comics certain things that happen to certain characters in the comics happen to different characters in the TV series and so on and on top of that you add the books the prose books that have been produced that also go on a slightly different track from both the television series and the comic books so they've said you know with every form of media within the walking dead 
we're going to switch things up a bit so it's just not repeating the same story over and over again. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think the combined package of this season was enough where I'm just like, you know what? I know I have a lot of time to kill before Westworld comes back, but I'm not going to be killing it watching The Walking Dead. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. Speaking of, yeah, a long time before Westworld comes back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, a very long time. So so back to uh, Star Trek Discovery. Since we're, uh, since we're stunt casting and bringing back uh, original series characters, I was, I was trying to think of who we'd like to see uh, a comeback. Uh, who we'd like to see come back in Star Trek Discovery. So we've already got Harry Mudd. We've got Sarek. Don't know how big either of them are going to be in the series. Hopefully not huge. Hopefully they're just cameos, honestly. Um, I'm thinking they need to visit a world and uh, Lincoln shows up. You know, apparently Abraham Lincoln, very big in the uh, in the history of the Federation. What? Hey, no, I'll just make it John Wilkes, John Wilkes Booth. You know, and he's like, you know, running from Lincoln because Lincoln's like, I'm going to get you now. <laughs> Lincoln's getting his revenge. You know, right. for it. You know, you know, you know who uh, you know who coined that 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 Klingon proverb that revenge is a dish best served cold. That was Lincoln. That was Lincoln, and he said it in the original Klingon. Yeah, because <laughs> Lincoln was a Klingon. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, the reason Lincoln died yeah. is because the doctors didn't know how to get the bullet out of his head without the ridges. You know, they just kept. Yeah, I could see how that would be a problem, but that's actually why he wore the hat all the time, is because he was trying to cover up the ridges. He wasn't sure we'd be able to handle it. <laughs> I am going to hell in so many different ways. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see Nomad come back, you know, the little robot satellite that almost destroyed everything. Uh, no, wait, V'ger? No, no, no. Well, it was, it was probably basically the same story when you think about yeah. it. But uh, yeah, Nomad was Nomad was pretty much the same story as V'ger. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, while we're at it, why not? Why not have Zephyrin Cochran again? You know. Except they'll come up with a third backstory for him because in the original yeah. series they had one story, in the Next Generation they had another one. So now we'll come up with a third story for Zephyrin Cochran. Yeah. I'm going to have, like, James Cromwell's kid play him. Oh, no, we, we've already gotten past. We're not doing that kind of stuff. Um, uh, we'll have Jared Harris play him because he's not going to be Dumbledore. Not going to be Dumbledore. Uh, hey, we're desperate. Let's bring back Khan while we're at it. <laughs> and, and this time, he's not going to be uh, a Sikh warrior. He's not going to be British. He's going to be Asian. Although, I guess, technically, a, a Sikh warrior could be described as Asian, but uh, yeah. And get Benicio Del Toro to finally do it. Yeah, except now he's playing Mexican Con. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, hey, that could be interesting. But I, I think the the, uh, the character I would most want to see come back is the giant green space hand. Well, who would you cast, though? I mean, you know, there's a there's a certain gravitas to giant green space hand that just not anyone can handle. I mean, you know, maybe Jude Law. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. <laughs>
Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at RadioMisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cabotron. See how we brought it all together. Geek Counter Geek <laughs> is a flat circle. <laughs>